Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to dive into the subject of worry and how to gain victory over those constant what-ifs that always seem to plague us as women. This is something that I have struggled with many times off and on throughout my life when worry just seems to really define how I feel all the time. And God has really set me free from that chronic worry pattern. But even now there are times when I find myself creeping back into those old habits and I have to be reminded of the truth that really can set us free from being controlled by worry and what-ifs. I remember a moment when I was really in the peak of my struggle with fear and anxiety. This was a few years into our ministry, and Eric and I had been married two or three years. And for some reason, just stepping into ministry and all of the battles that we faced in being in full-time ministry really led to a lot of stress and fear and anxiety. And I'd never really been gripped by fear, but suddenly I just couldn't seem to control the anxious thoughts that were constantly taking over my mind. And I was always worrying about what might happen. It was just, what if this? What if that? The what if game was just something I was so used to playing. And I remember a moment sitting on my bed one night telling Eric all of the things that I was worried about. And a lot of them were actually pretty outlandish, but they seemed really valid to me. They were, they were very bona fide things that I was worried about. And to Eric, who didn't worry about those things, they seemed absolutely ridiculous. And he said to me, you know, some of what you're saying sounds as, as outlandish as looking up at the clock on the wall and saying that you're worried that it's going to fly off and hit you in the head. But I really couldn't see how ridiculous some of those worries were because they were so all-consuming and they felt very real to me. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says that we can cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and that we can bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And as I meditated on that verse in that season of my life, I realized that my thoughts were not centered on God's truth in this area. It wasn't truth that was ruling my thoughts. It was lies and fear of what might happen in the future that was controlling my thoughts and my perspective. So I began a journey that God led me on to really bring those worry-filled thoughts under captivity to the obedience of Christ and to begin to adopt God's perspective on worry instead of the world's. And I've spoken about overcoming fear in other podcasts. But in this episode, I want to talk about three key principles that specifically helped me overcome worry. Maybe you're not plagued by a lot of fear and anxiety or panic attacks. Maybe you're just constantly feeling a little bit concerned or agitated or playing out scenarios in your mind of what might or might not happen. And you just are no stranger to those worrisome thoughts. And I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I've had major fear and anxiety issues. And I've also just been plagued by worry-filled thoughts. And if you are plagued by worry-filled thoughts or even fear and anxiety, these are three scriptural principles that can really help you gain victory. And the first one is to understand what worry does. Worry hinders the present. It keeps you from living fully in the moment. And I love the scripture that I've referenced many times throughout these podcasts, Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created for Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
Now, of course, this doesn't mean good works in the sense of earning our salvation, but God actually has plans for us that he has established in advance ways in which we can help build his kingdom, ways in which we can become his hands and his feet to this lost and dying world. And I think so often we miss those good works that are prepared for us in advance because we are plagued by our own issues. Specifically, we are plagued with our own worries. It is an agenda of Satan to keep us so preoccupied with the future, with what may or may not happen in the future, that we miss the good works that God has prepared for us today. Corey Timboom talks about this in one of her books. She says, worry is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. It's trying to carry two days at once. It's moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. That is so true. Even Jesus says that each day has its own measure of things to deal with and that we shouldn't try to put more than one day's worth of trouble into the day that we're living in. And so to realize that worry, when you allow it in your life, it may seem like a simple, harmless thing that everybody struggles with, but it will rob you of your strength and it won't help empty tomorrow of sorrow. It'll just rob you of today and it will keep you from walking in those good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do because you simply are too preoccupied with the future worry. And this is what Elizabeth Elliot says in one of her books, worry is refusing the given. Today's care, not tomorrow's, is the responsibility given to us, apportioned in the wisdom of God. Often we neglect the thing assigned for the moment because we are preoccupied with something that is not our business just now. How easy it is to give only half of our attention to someone who needs us, friend, husband, or little child, because the other half is focused on a future worry. When I first read those words, I was so convicted because I noticed how even in my home life with my husband and with my children, there are many times when I'm tempted to only give them half of my attention, mainly because my mental capacity is being put into something else, which is focused on a future worry. So by God's grace, I have really made a purposeful effort to say, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm going to live in the here and now. God has given me grace for today, and he's given me everything that I've needed for life and godliness today, and so I'm not going to spend my time and energy worrying about tomorrow. And that has really helped me remain a lot more focused on the callings and the tasks that are right in front of me. It's so important to realize that we're not victims to worry. Worry is not something that has any right to just come in and take control over us and we're helpless against it. In fact, by Jesus, we are commanded three different times not to worry. Matthew 6.25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. And then again in Matthew 6.31, Therefore do not worry. And then in Matthew 6, 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. So Jesus goes out of his way to say, I am giving you a command not to worry and not to let worry rob you of today because you're too concerned about tomorrow. And I love Joshua 1:19, where God says to Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we can know that if it's a command that we aren't to be afraid, that we aren't to worry, that God will also supply us with the grace that we need to obey that command. Jim Elliott once said, wherever you are, be all there. 
I've thought about that so many times. In the moment, give your fullest attention and focus and time and energy in that moment as opposed to half here and half somewhere else because you're so consumed with worry. If you live in constant worry about the future, you will completely miss the plans that God has in store for you today. And you're trying to live out tomorrow's cares on borrowed grace, grace that isn't really there for tomorrow's cares because you have the grace for today's cares. And one of the keys to begin living in the present instead of in the future is to forsake what I call the worldly wisdom of worry. Our culture is always telling us that worrying is equivalent to being wise. So for instance, we should be worried about money and career, or we might end up unemployed in a homeless shelter somewhere. Or when we're single, we should be obsessed with finding the right guy, or we'll end up a sad, lonely spinster, never getting married, never having any kind of fulfillment in life. Or we should be consumed with health and diet and exercise, or we'll die young from obesity or heart failure. And that's what our culture is constantly pushing us towards. If you're not consumed and obsessed with these things, your life is going to fall apart. But in reality, worry does not bring freedom. It only brings imprisonment. I've known a lot of moms who are obsessed by all the latest studies about what electronics could be giving off harmful radiation, what kinds of toys might cause lead poisoning, and the more knowledge they gain about what might harm their families, the more paranoid and self-protective they come. Really, who has time for the good works that God has prepared for us when we have so many urgent and important things to worry about? I definitely know all of these pitfalls. Throughout my years in bondage to worry, I developed a lifestyle of self-protection to sort of barricade myself from trials and discomfort. And along the way, I convinced myself that in doing this, I was being wise and responsible. So I went through a phase where I was worried about my health and I put myself in bondage to all kinds of strict dietary restrictions and other things to try to stave off disease. And to protect my emotions, I would really barricade from people and not really invest in people because I was afraid that people would drain me and to protect my reputation. I avoided speaking truth as boldly as I knew God wanted me to. And to protect our finances, I remained in a state of constant stress and frantic busyness, really going from one urgent task to the next to try to preserve the money that we had or earn more money. And so all of these areas were things that I gave into because of worry. And God began to show me that I was using up a lot of hours of my life, not on wisdom, but on selfishness. I was turning inward and becoming preoccupied with my own well-being and protection and comfort. And I was actually building my life around my own health, comfort, and security instead of living for Christ and joyfully embracing his call to turn outward and serve others. The world's wisdom says it's your responsibility to protect your own life and your own interests, but God's wisdom says something entirely different. Be anxious for nothing and seek first my kingdom and everything you need will be added to you. Now, of course, I am all for following sound life principles like working hard and taking care of your health and protecting your children and avoiding outright stupidity. But I've also come to realize how easily worry can disguise itself as wisdom. And living in worry is not the equivalent of living in wisdom. Living in worry is living in disobedience to God. And when I came face to face with that truth, I repented of that sin of worldly wisdom and worry. And I asked God to 
to reshape my habits in those areas. And then instead of taking my cues from the latest studies, the newest books, or the advice of secular magazines, I begin to turn to his word for wisdom on how to eat, how to practice hospitality, how to invest into relationships, how to approach finances, how to protect my children, etc. Why do we think that the latest studies or the voice of the experts holds more weight than God's wisdom? Jeremiah 8, 9 says, Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom do they have? Isn't that so true? If we're looking to the advice of people who have rejected the word of the Lord, they truly do not have real wisdom. And understanding this made a huge difference in my victory over worry, because as I learned to tune out the world's advice and focus on Jesus and his priorities, I was set free from that debilitating need to barricade and to self-protect. The next key principle that was really important in overcoming worry is to understand the grace of God. Worry discounts God's grace. And grace, if you haven't heard me give this definition before in a previous podcast, it's more than just the hug of God. We often downplay what grace is. We think it's just God being nice to us. But really, grace is the enabling power to do what we could never do in our own strength. God's grace is what enables us to walk through difficulties with triumph and joy instead of fear and worry and defeat. When we worry and dwell on what ifs, we never apply God's grace to the scenario that is entering our mind. We envision all the trials we might face, but we don't look at them through a heavenly lens and remember the grace and the strength and the victory that God offers for every challenge that we must walk through. We have to remember that God gives us the grace that we need for specific trials when we need it and not before. Maybe you're familiar with that story I've told in previous podcasts of Corrie ten Boom when she was a little girl and she was worried of how she would ever have the courage to suffer for Christ. And her father said, when do I give you the ticket to get on the train? And she said, just before we get on the train. And he said, it's the same with God's grace. When the time comes for you to suffer, you will look inside your heart and find the strength you need just in time. So rather than worrying about what might happen in the future, we can rest in the knowledge that God can turn anything that the enemy means for evil into good in our lives. He will not allow us to walk through trials that we're not able to handle. And even when we walk through difficult circumstances, we can triumph through every challenge when we put our hope in him. I encourage you to read the biographies of some amazing men and women in Christian history that we've talked about throughout these podcasts, men and women who have gone through very difficult circumstances, but have relied on the grace of God to walk through them victoriously. And it can be such a great reminder that that same grace is available to each one of us. And I also encourage you to walk through difficult circumstances with God's grace instead of in your own strength. This is just a simple matter of going to him and saying, Lord, I can't, but you can. And when you have that attitude, you will be amazed at the strength, comfort, and power that begins to flow through your life and help you overcome those worries. And the final practical that I'd like to share with you is to have a biblical approach to fearful thoughts. I love this quote from Martin Luther. You can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Isn't that so true? We may not be able to keep those worry-filled thoughts from entering our mind, but we can kick them out the moment that they arrive so that they don't take root inside our hearts and control our lives. And that's the essence of the scripture that we read earlier, taking every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 
In my own journey to overcome fear, I began to learn how to take authority over those thoughts that would enter my mind and then learn how to replace those lies with truth. So for example, if fearful thoughts about finances began to flit through my mind, I would immediately refuse those thoughts and begin meditating on God's promises for provisions such as my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. That's in Philippians 4.19. Or if something fearful about my health would arise, I would immediately begin to say no to those thoughts and instead dwell upon God's promises for protection, such as Psalm 91. And at first, it really felt kind of tedious and time-consuming to switch those fearful thoughts to faith-filled thoughts, but the more I began to really put this principle into practice, it started to become habitual in my life. And I would say that now, after so many years of adding this discipline into my thought life, it comes so much more automatically. So whenever you are tempted to dwell on those what-if scenarios, I encourage you to fill your mind with truth instead. And a great way to start this is by memorizing some of the Psalms. So whenever you're faced with the temptation to worry, those words can become a vital weapon that will just chase those thoughts away, bring those thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The more you fill your mind with truth, the scarcer lies will become. Another thing that has been really helpful for me is to pray for someone else whenever the enemy tries to harass me with fearful thoughts. When we pray for someone else, we take our focus off ourselves and our own fears and we begin to turn outward instead of inward. When we know that God is exactly who he says he is in his word, we have really no reason, no excuse to let worry control us. So I encourage you to ask God for the strength to take authority over what if thoughts. Train your mind to dwell on his reality and his truth and develop the habit of immediately saying no to the enemy's suggestions. So here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. God's strength and his grace can make you spiritually offensive rather than defensive. You are not called to go through this life constantly controlled by worry, fear, and what ifs. You are called to make an amazing difference in the kingdom of God for his glory. And you are called to have victory over worry. So what you need to do is to allow him to build you strong and to dress you in his armor. Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind, as it says in 2 Timothy 1, 7. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. To go deeper into this subject and to learn how to live joyfully content and confident in Jesus Christ every day, I encourage you to join us for our upcoming Set Apart Conference, May 25th and 26th in Colorado, or you can tune in anywhere via simulcast. And remember, you can stream the simulcast up to three months after the event. This is an amazing conference for women of all ages. It will really strengthen your relationship with Christ. So I hope to see you there. Visit Set Apart girl.com to learn more. Have a blessed and Christ-centered week.